Welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we explore the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers and those who support them. I'm marathon swimmer and coach, Shannon Keegan. Not only has today's guest taken on such feats as the Straits of Magellan and a multi-day ultramarathon run across the Moroccan Sahara, but he's taking initiative to raise water quality concerns with local officials. No one wants to swim through plastic, trash, drain overflow, not to mention sewage. What can you do to preserve your local waters? If not for others and for future generations, for your very own swims. Check out the Global Waterkeepers Initiative at waterkeepers.org. Find your local waterkeeper or become one. We are all waterkeepers, says Madhu, and he's right. As our previous guest, Neil Ajus, mentioned when he created Wave of Change Malta, it's not about giving money to the cause. It's a movement. Take the time to pick up the litter on the shore or in the water. Don't leave it for someone else. Just pick it up. It might seem like just one wrapper or plastic bag, but it adds up. Please take responsibility for your local waters. But that was just the last two minutes of my interview with Madhu Nagaraja. He hits on the exact reason that I created Marathon Swim Stories. The connection we share as like-minded limit pushers is comforting. There is honesty and truth. Each of your stories speaks very deeply to me. I hope you enjoy Madhu's. All right, Madhu, what's your story? <laughs> Thanks for having me. And uh, by the way, congratulations to everybody on across the border. Ah, yes. <laughs> <New space. laughs> and uh, I, I have a few of my friends, Brian, Lauren, uh, hi guys. Uh, fantastic <laughs> open water swimmers. And of course, Liz is there. Yeah. Um, unlike the rest of the folk that actually visit you, I think mine is a, I'm a non-traditional open water swimmer. Yeah. Those are my favorite I'm originally from, <laughs> I'm, orig- I'm originally from India. Uh, I was, uh, I, I uh, did uh, collegiate swimming uh, in India, which is called inter-university uh, swimming, uh, which happens at the regional level and the national level. We're very similar to NCAA. You have uh, scholarships and uh, funding to get through school. So my goal was just to make sure that, okay, I keep my G- a decent GPA and uh, and decent times so that I can keep the uh, scores. Uh, I mean, I can keep the scholarship. So uh, many, many times I had to actually miss schol- uh, miss uh, events just because I had to come back to school. Yeah, because uh, I'm, I'm 50 years old. Um, so most of the things that I, uh, some of this educational system that I went through in India doesn't hold true now. A lot of things have changed all over the world, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
India has gone through a, a significant transformation. So I went through an annual education uh, system. So there's like one exam in the end. So if I failed, I had to go through the whole thing. So unfortunately, uh, like way the swimming calendar uh, fell in, I think uh, after I uh, qualified for the state uh, of the nationals, um, I had to um, I had to scale back swimming just to make sure that I get back to school. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which was okay with me. Yeah, I, I it never bothered me. My goal was to hey, uh, just to uh, get through school, and that was the big emphasis uh, uh, from my parents. So I went through school, and then I uh, came to US in 1994 to uh, do masters in computer science. Uh, and then I joined a PhD program at McGill University. I uh, was there for a while, for a brief period, went back to US. Uh, I was working in California from 2000 to 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of you um, on this thread know what happened uh, uh, with the economy and uh, with, uh, with the innovation in technology. So there was a massive uh, dot-com boom which we kind of took advantage of. And then it also crashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, had, uh, I was fortunate to experience both. I uh, rose through the, uh, I climbed the mountain and then we fell down the mountain as well. <laughs> so when I fell down the mountain, being a, an international, uh, like a foreign resident, I had to have a visa sponsored by an employer to work mm-hmm. for a, for an employer in US. That's how uh, the work permit works in US. Uh, so at that time, there were so many Americans who weren't uh, working. I couldn't, uh, there was absolutely no reason uh, for an employer to satisfy that, okay, hey, I want to hire a foreign worker, right? But anyways, yeah, my wife was working, which was uh, good. And, but I did not need a visa to swim. So I joined a local master team. We lived in Palo Alto. Um, one thing led to another. I uh, decided to swim my first open water swim, first ever open water swim. I've, I've always been a pool, pool swimmer. Uh-huh. My first open water swim was uh, May 6, 2003, in a small lake in Northern California called Spring Lake. Okay. Water temperature was 63. <laughs> first ever open water swim. First ever Except open water little swim. Guy from India. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, uh, Liz can actually uh, vouch on this. I'm and uh, Lauren and Brian. I'm 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 a wimp actually. Yeah, I'm not the guy who can. Hey, let's go jump. I'm not. Although I can say it in words, but I I'm still a still a wimp. So I so in order to uh, get through that, I uh, I rallied up a few other people in the pool, and we all decided to go. So uh, it became a, a, a group activity, yeah. So I survived my first open water swim. I think I, uh, the way I swam that, um, that swim, it's a one mile race. So it's, uh, it's a loop. Uh, the lake is filled with weeds. <laughs> uh, so anything that touched me, I would freak out. <laughs> so that was the constant through the entire mile. And, I think after about uh, like maybe uh, 200 or 300 meters, I recognized a, a swimsuit. That was uh, one of my friend, uh, Vladimir, uh, from Rinconada Masters. 
So I just hung on to that speedo and then I went through the race. That's how I did it. Just focused on a swim. Just focused on that <laughs> thing and I ignored all the beats that were uh, touching me. And then, so yeah, to finish third in that uh, race, uh, came home fine. Yeah. And then uh, the bug had already caught us. So the next uh, progress progression is two mile race in uh, Lake Berryasa. Ah, Berryasa, I've been there. <laughs> so I mean, like this is like like I mean, it's 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 a beautiful part of California, right? Yeah. So it became a party for us. Yeah. So the entire uh, like a big chunk of uh, the club would go from Canada. So we would have a picnic, barbecue, all the fun things. Uh, with a little swimming, two months, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then back. Uh, so I think the very same year, we decided to do uh, Trans Tahoe uh, race. Mm, mm-hmm. That's where I met uh, Carol Sink. He was on the beach, and I was uh, like, although I had. Uh, uh, built this team to do that. Everybody bullied into me starting the race. Uh, so uh, it, was, it, was, it was super cool though. I, I chatted with uh, Carol Singh and uh, at that point of time, she was the oldest person to have swum across uh, the English Channel. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there was another lady called Elizabeth from San Diego. Uh, she was, uh, I think she was making an attempt that year. So that bug had stuck in my head. Uh, but although I've, uh, I think at that point I had lost my job as well. Uh, so I didn't have the guts to convince my wife, hey, I'm not working. Right. We don't have this revenue. So let's go swim across the English Channel. And also my good. wife was uh, pregnant with uh, my son Vivek at that point. I didn't have the guts to, but I was like, I mean, yeah, when you're not working in a foreign country and like, it's not a great morale, right? Yeah. So, but anyway, somehow I kept busy with swimming, but I was still struggling. Yeah. So, uh, with me not working, uh, I would, uh, my wife, I mean, I would drive my wife to work at UCSF. She was, uh, uh, she's a, a scientist. So, she was working. So, I would, so one day I was struggling, and uh, for some reason, my wife said, Hey, you should do something with swimming. And I'm like, there you go. That was the opportunity. Yeah? Jump. <laughs> I should swim across the English. At, at, that, at that point of time, I think I, I secretly bought this book called Dover Solo as well. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That was my moment, my ticket to uh, get into this uh, mysterious world of open water swimming. Yeah. Uh, what was your longest um, swim up to this point? Uh, I think I had done a 10K swim, uh, the, na- uh, the Santa Cruz to Capitola to Santa Cruz. That was a national championship that year. And I think I, mm-hmm. I finished second. At, 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 or I, I don't know if I had done 10K at that point. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So, uh, so that led me to uh, uh, decide. I mean, I started looking at uh, English. Chan- I think I'd already done all the work. So there was a Channel Swimming Association and uh, CSPF was actually slowly coming up. All the people that I had spoken to actually belonged to CSPF mm. at that point of time. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I didn't know the logistics and uh, the dynamics between the two organizations. And I had reached out to uh, CSA for an application. They said I had to send them a 27 pound uh, 
27 pounds to get a package. I was actually very close to uh, sending that. And then something led to me finding out about CSPF. Uh, and then channel uh, swimming and piloting, channel swimming and piloting, associate, piloting mm -hmm. association. I mean, I mean, it did not bother matter for me as to which organization that I swam for, but mm -hmm. all my friends that I were I was talking to belonged to CSPF, but nobody had mentioned about uh, CSA and CSPF. That's that was the integrity behind them. Hey, you swim any um, with any organization will support you, right? And then I started proving what is CSA, CSPF, and then I decided to go with CSPF just because of, hey, solidarity, right? Yeah, I have to hang out with my friends, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so anyways, yeah, that's not the part. So that's what led me to uh, get into open water swimming. But now looking back at things, I think the best thing that has ever happened to me in my life was losing my job in California. Mm -hmm. Although, I mean, I was very stressed going through that uh, period of time. Um, so reflecting on everything that I learned, uh, my overall uh, personality as, a, as an individual, the way I look at life, the way I solve problems, my relationship with my family, my wife, uh, my friends. Um, so... I think the best thing that ever happened to me was me losing the job in California and getting familiar with this wonderful people uh, from this open water. And I think 2003 was the year uh, Liz uh, swam across the channel. I think she flew past it like nine hours and 45 minutes, Liz. Is that a thumbs up? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I, I remember- No turning the tables. Off. This is your story, Madhu. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I remember tracking all the uh, swimmers and it was so much fun, yeah. So, and uh, so I uh, sent my application. I think there was uh, August 6th to 15th was the window in 2004. Mm-hmm. And I was number three on the spot. That was like a 10 day long, neat tight window. Uh, so I took my spot with uh, Lance Oram. Uh, so I, yeah, I built up my uh, distance. Uh, before I started swimming, I was like, I think 220 pounds or something, just because uh, I had not swum between 91 was, the, was my last collegiate swim till uh, 2002 or something. So I had to really work hard to get my fitness back. So mm -hmm. I started then the uh, slowest lane in Rinconada. Uh, although there were like some great swimmers, Rinconada had some fantastic swimmers from uh, uh, Olympic trials to division one NCAA swimmers. So uh, I started, uh, it's a 14 lane, 25 yard pool uh, surrounded by uh, Sequoia trees. The beautiful pool led by uh, Carol McPherson. So slowly we all moved to the fastest lane in I think about four or five months. Yeah. So uh, I once my wife uh, had agreed, okay, hey, I'm okay to swim across the channel. So I started uh, seeking uh, help within the community because it's not a, it's very hard to like swim alone and uh, like put in a yeah. lot of mileage. So I would right, recruit right. people to do long workouts. Uh, uh, so 
so like it became a like like a cool fun party that okay that we would do like some crazy workouts i would pick up all these crazy workouts from uh, uh dover solo and then sometimes uh, uh at those times the uh, i mean like the internet was pretty uh, stable but we had a syndication called smart in a uh, in a website called smart groups so we would exchange uh training pain points uh, to workouts and everything yeah that was uh, that was a fantastic group yeah a lot of people supported me yeah a lot of people yeah uh, so yeah so uh, like the entire rinkunada like we all became like strong swimmers yeah and uh, so we would all like plan uh, expedition style okay hey, we're going to do like a one hour swim in aquatic park and then we would pick different location and then the very same year i realized okay hey i needed more experience uh, because i read, read so much about failure in the channel mm-hmm. so i focused on okay hey uh, why did people fail why do people fail focused on that so the biggest factor was uh, uh, people had not acclimatized mm-hmm. so i made sure that okay that i'm, I'm going to because having come from india and always swam in a pool and uh, i still have trouble jumping in uh, in a pool <laughs> so i i every day i went to uh, went to pacific to san francisco bay uh, so i decided to join this uh, another wonderful club called southern road club and uh, so i the first thing that i told them hey i'm here to swim uh, joining this club because i am training to swim across the channel so these guys uh took me as their own and uh everybody in that club actually helped me bob roper john mayer made sure that i uh, so i i gradually built my swim from i think from 1 hour to 10 hours mm-hmm. 10 hours and 2 seconds was my longest swim before i went to uh, went to the channel so they would uh, uh look for bad weather conditions and then take me out <laughs> that's up <helpful>, right <laughs> and I, i i would literally cry it like like if this happens in the channel the swim is not going to happen okay um <laughs> like uh, john uh, uh, bob roper uh, uh, he passed away yeah is this tiny man uh on a zodiac uh, he would uh, yeah like he would force me to stay in the water to get through those uh, those rough times so a, a big chunk of my success in the channel actually goes to goes to southern rowing club my friends from san fran uh, from rinconada masters and uh, smart groups okay so i have to uh, thank them for that yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah okay so, so what's that your... was it yeah <laughs> that was it and that was it no that's not it at all come on now <laughs> so <laughs> so you so you you had to there was was there any so you had a long training swim you said 10 hours and 2 minutes prior to um in in the bay so you you're yeah. acclimatized you're ready for a big a big channel crossing did you do any other kind of milestone swims around oh i did some crazy workouts yeah like okay uh, just workouts but not like i don't know Tahoe no, wasn't really no. a thing at the time and yeah. No, like coming I mean, the thing is I mean yeah like uh, as I said I started this uh, meeting I'm a non-traditional open water swimmer. I, I don't do like 100 swims like um, I know like I think one of the questions you ask is I'm going to uh, uh, do you have any DNFs? I have DNTs. I haven't tried many swims. Okay? <laughs> so that's that's who I am. 
<laughs> that's good that's uh, good that's so, okay that's... Uh, but I, I made sure that okay um, that I was training a lot training was actually very hard yeah um, so it's also convenience because I have to make sure I can't just go oh I'm gonna go swim Lake Tahoe leaving my family and fit right right so I yeah. had to make sure whatever is convenient within my means mm-hmm. yeah that's good. Uh, so bay was closed and we would just pick spots within uh Pacific Ocean, we would get there, and uh, yeah, that's what uh, that's what I did. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. And those days, I think uh, uh, the major popular swims were. I think I, I had thought about Catalina Channel. I think Catalina was like uh, just five hundred dollars at that point. Uh, <laughs> I think you could get a boat and all those things. Uh, but just the whole logistics of okay, taking my wife, uh, like. It was inconvenient, yeah, right? Yeah. You'd rather take also, them to England. Instead yeah, I did, I did actually, yeah. No, but the tricky thing was also economics. I wasn't working, yeah, right? Yeah. Right, So yeah. I need to consider that, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, and that's what led me, uh, to, with, with whatever means I had, I made sure my training was, uh, was difficult. I uh, did some crazy workouts uh, in the pool, uh, which was fun. Um, I have to actually blame Marsha Cleveland for wrecking my shoulders. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's it. Yeah, I got across the channel and then. Uh, uh, oh, come on I, now. You didn't just get across the channel. Tell us something that happened during the channel. <laughs> fortunately for me, like uh, channel was, uh, was uneventful. It was a fantastic day. Uh, although I was fighting demons in my head because of all the stories that I had uh, read. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I was always scared that, okay, that I might not, uh, I was very conservative. That's what I noticed. Yeah. Like if I, it might not be the absolute truth, but my interpretation is, uh, I think I, I was like conserving energy just to make sure because I had read the swims could be like 18 hours or 20 hours. So I was thinking, Hey, uh, how do I survive uh, right. that long? So mm-hmm. But later on, uh, after six hours, six or seven hours, the first part of the swim was like super calm. Uh, although there was a storm that had passed the night before, uh, I should have actually taken advantage of that and the swim faster, but I didn't. Uh, so when the winds picked up, I think it went up to like force two or force three, I'm not sure. Hmm. Uh, that's when I started swimming. Uh. Because there were some momentary challenges, right? So that's where my, uh, like, because uh, as this say, an empty mind is a devil's, uh, whatever that, that age is, yeah, right? <laughs> so, but I was, I was able to focus on that, uh, uh, the waves that were hitting me and then that's when I started swimming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fortunately I, I missed touching that Cape Greene uh, by I think uh, 500 meters or so. So I landed on this beautiful uh, beach descent, which I was okay with. I had uh, nightmares of landing on, uh, Cape Rini, although that's the shortest point, all the barnacles, rocks, and yeah, right. Uh, uh, so I had uh, I had read about those things, but I landed on this fantastic beach. Descent. Uh, so uh, and uh, what did when it I feel came, like? Uh, it was 2004, and I I I crawled across, and uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, I. I just had to swim back to the boat. I think I, uh, I was, I was, I was, I'm glad nothing uh, uh, happened and I was happy. Uh, 
and uh, I, yeah, I swam back to the boat. I think I, I spoke to a few uh, um, uh, French people, and I think my swim was uh, 12 hours and 31 minutes. Um, I could have, I think, uh, I know Warren King is there. I'm, I want to rub his, uh, uh, so I could have gone under 11, but I, yeah. You were yeah. conserving yourself, just in case. <laughs> 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 yeah so um, yeah we came back uh, to the boat i spoke to my wife who was actually my at that point i my son was born he's, he was seven months uh-huh. so they were staying with a friend in uh, uh, in cambridge so it was a wonderful uh, feeling to speak to them mm-hmm. hey that i got across the channel and that was uh, <laughs> uh, and then when i came back this is super cool like, uh, Allison, uh, so I swam on August uh, 10th. August 8th was the Zurich swim. Mm-hmm. So a big group of the Dover uh, uh, part had gone to Switzerland. So they'd just come back uh, and there were like about 20 people waiting for me at uh, the Dover Marina. Allison Streeter, uh, Frida, uh, my friend John Doolittle and a bunch of others who had swum across. And that was, that was super awesome, yeah. That <laughs> yeah. sounds fun, yeah. And uh, yeah, we finished the swim. We had to move back to Canada because uh, uh, our visas had, had expired in the US. So uh, I had to just uh, get back to uh, settling in a new country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you had this this ticket of uh, being able to swim, this experience swimming that you could, It's I, I guess I find having moved around a lot, like being able to go meet a swim community. Yes. It, in it, fact, um, that's the first thing that I did. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At that point, I think these groups were not uh, uh, like, can- uh, there were not a lot of like popular swim groups in Canada. Mm. Um, so I uh, bumped into a friend, uh, Rob Kent, uh, who has done some amazing things in, uh, uh, in open water uh, swimming community. Has, uh, so him and I actually started uh, uh, a small group called uh, Lake Ontario Swim Team in Oakville. In fact, I decided to um, live in Oakville uh, because I got in touch with Rob Kent through uh, the smart groups. Robkin was also uh, keen on swimming across the channel, but he had not uh, made an attempt at that point. Uh, so, so that's how uh, that's one of the reasons why we live in Oakville. Actually, I live very close to the lake, about eight hundred meters from the lake. That's great. Uh, but again, yeah, like getting a new job, like settling in a new country, as you know, like I mean, even just moving houses is a thing. So, <laughs> so we, the whole. I think I, I put a lot of focus on making sure, okay, that I had a, a proper stable job, uh, taking care of the economics. I mean, like buying a house is the easy part, but paying bills is very So I had to make sure all those things uh, were stable. And then uh, I came across this race called, uh, I mean, I, I was swimming, actively swimming in the lake, but just for pleasure. Uh, so 2009, my daughter was born. So 2010, um, I did uh, this race called Marathon de Sable, which is a, which is an ultra marathon in the Sahara Desert. And uh, as I said, I'm not a, uh, I'm also not a skilled athlete like Liz. Liz can run Boston Marathon and swim across lakes. And uh, my friend Lauren King can like these guys can rock. They're rock climbing. Like I'm. Yeah, there are very few things I can do in my life, okay? 
take out the garbage. I can put the dishes back in, and I can do a few things in the kitchen. Uh, and and run know, in the Sahara Desert. <laughs> I had to learn to run. Okay, believe me. So again, I started from the scratch, and uh, yeah. again, same built a group of people. Uh, there were four other people from uh, from this uh, in, around Toronto. So. Uh, like one of them had a, uh, uh, held a Guinness record for having run a marathon in all the continents in less than 30 days. Mm-hmm. And another one was uh, Joe, Joe Cleary. Some of you have met. Uh, this guy has, had run uh, 400 marathons at that time. And then my friend, Dr. Chris Willer. So we all uh, hung out together and we would uh, run in the winters, yeah, like carrying a backpack because it's a self-sufficiency race. So we did... Uh, uh, we survived. Uh, I literally got across. I crawled across the finish line. That was a brutal race, yeah. <laughs> was there um, any learnings from having done the English Channel that, like, like that tran- translated to ultra marathon running? Mm. I mean, I, I don't want to be judgmental, but I think open water swimming is harder than uh, ultra marathon uh, because... Uh, when you're in the water, like the minute you touch the boat, you're out. Mm-hmm. So on land, you have a lot more uh, uh, redundancies. Right? You can fall back on a lot more. Easy to figure out a way to replenish and recover. So open water, okay, once you get cold, you need to really deal with that nausea. Like, okay. uh, so the, it's easy uh, to fail in an open water swim. Is what I. Uh, that's my take, but uh, uh, I'm sure like the experts can uh, debate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're probably right. <laughs> it could be debated, but um, what about you were mentioning when the when you did the the English Channel that you kind of had these demons popping up because you'd read about these failures and and then you'd succeeded. But was there any like kind of thinking about like I don't know? Is there any like mental preparation that kind of prepared you I, for that? I, no, I, in fact, you know what, like, uh, I, my parents, my wife, actually, yeah, uh, uh, they supported me a lot. And I think the child uh, group, I relied a lot on their, uh, uh, on their wisdom. As I said, I think uh, the best thing that happened to me was that, uh, like, when I lost my job, I, my personality changed. The way I looked at uh, challenges, I think, uh, uh, that's when I realized, okay, hey, things that I can control, things that I can't control, how do I deal with it? How do I influence uh, uh, these things? Uh, so, but I think I, I had a lot of support from the community and my family itself. Mm-hmm. But, but, it's, it's, uh, but I always thought, like, once I finished the swim, I think I had this, like, deep uh, sense of, I was, like, going through this over and over, like ha- having lost a job and having gone to swim across the English Channel, what if I had failed? Yeah. Like how would that have imp- impacted my life, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, so I still, I don't know how it would have uh, impacted my life. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I think uh, now I'm able to deal with failures better. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I had failed across the English Channel. I don't know what would have happened because I, there were some questions. Hey, you've lost your job and you're going 
going to uh, swim across the English Channel. How are, how are you solving the real problem? The real problem is, okay, making sure that, okay, that my life is stable. So I, I, I don't know. I, I still don't know. But I did, I did fail in one of my uh, swims, uh, Streets of Magellan. The first attempt I failed. Uh, but then again, I uh, uh, the regroup went back and then I, uh, uh, I deviously convinced Liz to go with me. And- <laughs> Tell us about what, um, what happened in that. Um- I wouldn't call it, I, I hesitate to call it a failure. I don't think that, there's to, a failure, but it's... <laughs> I think it's okay to call it failure because I have to, I have to be accountable for it, right? Yeah, I failed and I, yeah, okay. Uh, I know we, we try to redefine these things, but yeah, I failed. I figured out why did I fail? Uh, I put some kind of, okay, uh, like uh, I worked around it and I, like there were some factors I failed because of, me and some because of external factors. So I learned about it. I got stronger, went back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't want to relabel those things. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay that we want to call it failure. That's that's fine. Uh, what was it? Just, can you tell us what you learned about yourself, or is, or is that personal? Uh, <laughs> no, it's not personal. But I, I uh, like. I mean. In fact, like I compare the training between the first attempt and the second attempt. My training for the first attempt actually was very hard, very uh, like it was training was really difficult. Yeah, because as I make sure my training is harder than the event itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had seen the uh, place. And then again, of course, yeah, like uh, uh, when you uh, in those life moments, like you pick up some kind of uh, like demons again, like, yeah, right. I was, uh, when I came back from, uh, uh, so like the first attempt, what happened was I was in the water for an hour, 57 minutes, and I had traveled uh, 9.8 kilometers. My swim was, it was like right angle. Mm-hmm. So I, I, extra, uh, I, I pulled out some data from, uh, from Sunto watch at that point. I think like some parts of my swim was, I think like faster than Michael Phelps uh, under flight, because that's how, uh, like, I mean, that place is very wild. It's just back me out of the channel. And uh, so when I got on the boat for a, for a while, I had lost my conscious. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I, I can't uh, recollect what happened. Um, so I came back and I, I was struggling to go back in the water, actually. It took me a while. A lot of uh, friends helped me. Uh, and then I, yeah. Went back and uh, again, even the second time when I went back, I was scared. Yeah, like mm-hmm. really, like uh, uh, Liz was actually very humble in her talk that, okay, but Liz actually, yeah, she packs the water. And I'm like, I'm like a puppy scared puppy. I would just walk behind her. And, yeah, somehow, uh, uh, yeah, everything went, for, went well for me. And, uh, <laughs> Let's back up a little bit here. So what, what, why the Strait of Magellan? How did you pick that one out of? Uh, I think it was in grade five or grade, I mean, history lesson, we had learned about Explorer Magellan. And uh, I think it was in uh, uh, physics or geography, it learned about uh, Magellan making compasses, like those uh, apparatus to mm-hmm. uh, direction, right? Yeah. Those two things, actually, I, I always had straits of uh, like uh, Magellan, the Explorer in my head. 
And then I bumped into uh, Lynn Cox when I was training for the channel. Uh, that's another wonderful story. <laughs> so I was there for a book signing ceremony. And then uh, I walk up to Lynn and uh, I like we had to write our name on a, on a sticky pad. And then Liz sees my, hey, I know you. I'm like, I'm like, well, Lynn knows me. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so and Lynn and uh, Lynn is a wonderful friend yeah she she played a critical role in uh, getting through my mindset right yeah so it's uh, I'm sure like everybody on this thread know it's uh, it's mind over matter right so, but you need to put in the work to achieve that right yeah how do you uh, how do you work on it I have to yeah uh, uh, I have to work like train hard yeah you have to really work hard yeah Train hard to get that mental state. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, like understand uh, all the attributes of, of the challenge that you have taken up and mm-hmm. work through that. Um, that's that's one way that I. I mean, I I don't know. I think if, if there is another way, I would like, love to know. But I, it's like studying, like preparing for an exam, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, like uh, English Channel has a list of traits. Right. right right yeah like lake ontario has a list of traits check 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 uh, streets of metal and yeah so uh, so that's that, yeah that's 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 how i yeah prepare for it and uh yeah and uh, again like yeah uh, building this support system that i can rely on because crew is a critical factor right mm-hmm. so uh, uh i i've learned to uh, work with people who have great attitude and then skill can always be uh, learned. Mm. But attitude is the biggest factor that I uh, uh, look for. And that as I clear, I've taken that to work as well. So we go in with the right attitude. It's just magical. Mm-hmm. Influence a team, build a team with the right attitude. There you can do crazy things. So yeah, that's, uh, that's how, uh, yeah. Okay. Let's go back to, so you, how did you meet this idea? So you admired Magellan, you learned about Columbus as a fifth grade, Lynn but Fox, how did you? Yeah, oh, sorry, I didn't answer your question. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so that was where the uh, Streets of Magellan, and then I read about uh, Lynn Cox's uh, uh, experience uh, in the book, uh, Swimming to Antarctica. Uh, and then at uh, Southern Rowing Club, uh, Pedro actually made an attempt to, uh, I think he swam across uh, Straits of Magellan when I was in, uh, when I was uh, at Southern Rowing Club. Okay. Uh, so that thing stuck in my head. And uh, yeah, so after uh, Marathon de Sable, after uh, Lake Ontario, uh, we just started, we never stopped swimming in the lake. So we mm-hmm. uh, swimming in the lake was seasonal between uh, April, or May and uh, July. But a bunch of us like, it was uh, it was like more a social activity for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would be, uh, I mean, I think we are still like a bunch of kids. We go out there and then uh, swim to a, a point or a buoy, and then we kept on doing that. Okay, we kept on pushing that, and uh, that's when I realized, hey, maybe I can make an attempt to swim across uh, Straits of Magellan. Yeah. And what was the planning like for that? And just like book a book ah, pilot. <laughs> Uh, the streets of Magellan was a bit tricky. The first time, it was, uh, I mean, language was a tricky, is a tricky uh, barrier, right? Yeah. Uh, first time, yeah, I, ha, uh, like, uh, I mean, I work in Toronto. I live in a small township called uh, Oakville. 
And uh, so I, I take this train, on, like a commuter train. And one of the passengers, uh, like I, I, I never sit in the train. I'm always standing in the train, even if there is a seat. So there was another individual, his name is uh, Patrick. Uh, his name is Patrick, yeah. So he, uh, like, we would always stand and we would talk about all kinds of things. And uh, I think he had uh, seen a little, uh, like a newspaper article about me. And we had never spoken about uh, swimming. We would talk about all kinds of silly things, like, right? Yeah. He was from Chile. Ah. <laughs> so I took advantage of him to do the initial communication with Claudia. Um, so I think language was one of the factors with, for my failure in the first attempt. Mm. Interesting. Uh, but at that, uh, so for the second attempt, uh, Christian Vergara came into the picture, so he took care of everything. Christian does a fantastic job. Uh, oh, yeah. Like I mean, again, a team to help me train. Yeah, like we had. Uh, it was uh, it was fun. Yeah, so we would go in the water every morning, have a cup of coffee. People would laugh at us, and people would uh, help me get get into my clothes. <laughs> everything. <yeah. laughs> So we, uh, yeah, I think the longest swim I did was uh, was 1400 meters in uh, 0.9 Celsius. Uh, yeah, that was my longest training swim for this uh, for the Straits of Magellan. That's on the first attempt. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, what's your? So we went through the first time. It, you said you kind of came out of the water pretty much uncon, not really conscious. So cold was definitely getting you the second time what kind of I mean there's the team of course but was there anything like mentally physically was it really just like the training that got you through or was there anything no, else I was uh, I was scared every step I was like take, like until uh, I walked in the water I followed uh, Liz and Michelle uh, Michelle Macy yeah uh-huh. uh, and then I was every stroke I took I was going to die the next stroke that, that right? was what I was uh, fighting with but then I would bring my whole my thought and like I was going to bring back on my uh, family, my Simon and the kids. And then, uh, yeah, I just pushed through that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like Streets of Medellin is a tricky swim. It's net, it's, it's bumpy. Yeah. Uh, so, word for it. yeah. <laughs> uh, like even until the last stroke, uh, the water was never calm for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Michelle Macy, Macy finished in uh, 15, one fifty-two minutes. I was uh, an hour and nineteen. So yeah, it was. Uh, I just followed these two legends into the water, and then just yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, like yeah, it was. Uh, it was a struggle to yeah, like again, yeah, I would think that um, I was going to die, but uh, then I had to bring my focus to my family, and then push through. Yeah. Focus to the family. That's good. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. <laughs> um, any other? I guess. What would you tell somebody if they said, "Oh, I want to go do this trade in Magellan"? How would you? What would you recommend to them? Um, okay, the, the train hard. Yeah, training is very uh, important. Yeah, like understand the attributes, build a uh, support system, mm-hmm. uh, know your weak points, and make sure okay you address them. Yeah, make it fun. Yeah, it shouldn't be a chore. Yeah, you just said a big one there. The um, know your weak points and address yeah, them. I think huge. it is. It is. Uh, I think it is important. Yeah, 
I think anything in life, uh, like if we need to progress to the next level, right? You need to, yeah. And that happens at work every day because I work for a startup company. We are constantly breaking barriers. We are constantly looking for new. So we are always failing and I'm like, okay, hey, we're constantly like continuous learning for us. Yeah. Uh, so that's where another thing, like, I mean, uh, like the way I'm, I'm, I'm involved with this uh, open water swim, although I don't do uh, that many swims uh, that most of the people do. Uh, like my personality of, okay, hey, going towards these adventures uh, and then um, at work. So I, I fit in well in a, in a startup company, like, you know, there's a chaos, there's mm-hmm. chaos is, I, I feel comfortable in, in an uncomfortable situation. And uh, like, I mean, again, yeah. I, I, and I'm sorry, I don't have like a massive list of uh, swims. You don't, I don't have I don't. a bucket list. You, you misunderstand the, the, but the story is all uh, about, it's I about know. you, but what <laughs> makes you, what makes you sign up for, so you did an English channel and then you signed up, you like, what made you want to go do another marathon swim? I guess you did the run, but then what made you want to go do uh, another marathon I'm actually, swim? I'm, I'm doing another run. I'm, I'm trying to record lists for this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is a fun, uh, this is a hundred mile run in, uh, in the Rocky Mountains where uh-huh. you climb, uh, there's an elevation gain of 7,000 meters. Yeah. So I, I'm sure everybody on this channel, like you, you should look up and you should uh, join us. Yeah. So a bunch of open water swimmers uh, conquering this hundred mile run. Let's do it, Shannon. <laughs> My running days might be, might be past, <laughs> but <laughs> what, what do you think drives you to do these endurance sports? You think, have any idea? Uh, I think it's the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, people, people, uh, I think the common factor between these adventures are like, uh, the fun group of crazy people. Uh, I think there is that uh, weird element that I actually connect with, uh, with them. Um, so when you make that connection, that human connection with that element, I think it's like, uh, it's, a, it's a fun relationship. It's a fun fellowship, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and I like that. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, and I can rely on, uh, on that, uh, that connection and I can completely believe in that. Um, and that makes me comfortable. Yeah. And yeah. that applies in, at work as well. When we are doing some like crazy, weird thing. There is honesty, this like truth, like those things that are important, right? You can't fake those things. Right. That's very true. I mean, there are some, uh, there are some places where I've like just gone through the mundane routine of getting through work here. Like you have to, you have to solve problems, but at times you need to, yeah, sit back and relax. But uh, that's that magical connection where, okay, hey, right. Uh, that's, I, I, that is my, my take on it. Yeah. yeah I call them uh, like-minded limit pushers. That's what yeah, we like are. My- <laughs> <laughs> and there is a, there is a, a huge comfort. I mean, even just having started this whole marathon swim stories thing, like every time I'm talking to somebody, you know, I can connect, I can understand what they're saying and that honesty yes. and that truth, like that's a really, those are big attributes and that are super important to me. So yeah, yeah, um, you yeah. hit on, you hit on that. That's huge. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, once you make that connection, anything can be done. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. as I said, trust, there is trust in that connection. Yeah. Uh, you can't fake that. Uh, like, uh, and you can build anything. You can like, yeah, just the team becomes so much stronger. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's, 
Um, how's the pandemic been for you? Uh, it's been okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I respect public health uh, guidelines. I, uh, I mean, I have a lot of, uh, like, I rely on science. I've been uh, with my, like, uh, like my support system within the house. Like, we support each other. We, yeah, so we respect that. Yeah, and I, I, like, I mean, if I need to talk to friends, I don't hesitate. Yeah, if I need to, yeah, I mean, um, Right now, I have a teenage son, and uh, my daughter is 11, so I need a lot of help. Hey, how do I deal with a teenager, right? Yeah. So yeah. I've been talking to a lot of open water swimmers, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren's uh, wife, who's a professor at uh, McMaster, I talk to her once in a while. And then uh, Janet and Melody, they've gone through these things. So I, yeah, once in a while, they have been, and then, uh, so... Uh, again, yeah, I have a lot of support system. I'm not afraid to ask for help. That's great. That's a good quality for sure. <laughs> Being not afraid to ask for help. But it's an important one for an open water mm-hmm. swimmer too. Any advice you'd give to an aspiring marathon swimmer? Like learn about your swim. Uh, like, yeah, understand the attributes uh, of uh, of the swim that you're planning to uh, Go after, train hard. Make your training harder than the swim. I had a friend uh, when I was uh, in university. Uh, he mentioned, like it was it was fun writing an exam. I'm like, it did I? I didn't understand that for the longest time. It was fun for her because she had studied well. Uh, mm. So, I have. Uh, I've started applying that. Okay, hey, work hard so that the swim becomes fun. Work hard so that like the problem that you're solving is. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I, I'm. I think I'm, a, I'm more of an average individual. I'm not like super talented in like several things, but whatever I do, I have. Uh, I have fun. Yeah, I make sure I build a team to supplement all my weak points. Yeah, and that's that's what I would suggest anybody. Yeah, build a uh, build it, make address your big points, learn about this and train hard, uh, make it fun, uh, and then uh, and then uh, lately I've also been. Uh, I think as open water swimmers, I think I want to take advantage of your uh, forum to talk about. Uh, local water bodies i know like yes people are swimming all over the world i think it's important to take care of a local uh, water body so i uh, since 2000 uh, i mean although i've been swimming in lake ontario for the for a long time no i didn't know about the issues so uh, through lauren king i've uh i've learned about hey there are so many issues and most of the issues are on land, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, some of the infrastructure is aging, sewage being dumped in, the kind of the way we live our life, okay, like plastics, simple things, right? Yeah. Uh, I know I can't make, uh, I'm not an expert in uh, like making changes to policies and other things, but hey, we can all own our uh, local water bodies and be address the issues to people uh, responsible for it, right? 
to the yeah. local governments. And uh, maybe, yeah, we can give a voice to our local water bodies. Um, so I think, uh, uh, like I was talking to Steve Munitonis, uh, and he said, uh, open water swimmers don't care about the environment. So that was a sad statement. I think we need to change that. Absolutely. We need to I change that. I think we, that. Yeah. We That's why we got to get them to all swim further. The more marathons they do, the more they'll care because they'll be in more water, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we need to, I think every, uh, like, I think like, there's so many swims. People are swimming in all different lakes. I think uh, we should all come up with some kind of a, like a, 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 like a global consortium to put a voice to our uh, water bodies. Yeah. Yeah, that's. You I, should. Uh, you 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 should uh, lead this, Shannon. I should lead it. <laughs> make, make it make it as an agenda item for interpret. Uh, yeah, I think it's I, an important factor. It, it's huge, yeah, and it it's is, definitely it it's definitely part of my. I guess I don't want to say ulterior motive, but it like the it's it's. It it's, should be your main motive. Well, it's it's my maiden motive. I'm just the way you go about it. I guess is just little by little getting you know more people right, to yeah, know yeah, the stories, yeah. know the people are out there, and mm-hmm. then. But it um, last week I t- I spoke to um, Neil Ajus, I think it's pronounced. He swam around Malta, um, and mm-hmm. he also has swam from Sicily to Malta. And he's um, if you check out Wave of Change Malta, same thing. It's so yeah. Let's get all the swimmer. I, We'll, I think we let me start all... with the stories and we'll and that's next okay Mario, and you can help me <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your story today Madhu I really appreciate thanks it thanks for so having me yeah. I hope you enjoyed today's interview more than just a podcast did you know that you can watch Marathon Swim Stories on YouTube or join us We meet on Tuesdays at 5.30 a.m. Pacific, 8.30 a.m. Eastern, 13.30 GMT. Check out intrepidwater.com forward slash marathon swim stories to see who's up next. Thank you for listening.